You are listening to Muslim in Moderation, discussions on minority culture, identity and politics with Ali Ahmed. Caring for the elderly is an important part of Muslim culture, but there are some challenges that Muslims in the West faced with providing and receiving aged care. There are many different aged care scenarios. Immigrants to the West who sponsor their parents to come live with them, immigrants themselves that have lived and worked and raised children in the West who are now trying to balance maintaining their independence with their aging needs. And then there's the case of people who live away from their parents but are trying to manage their parents' care needs remotely. Many families discover that aging in the West is different than in their countries of origin. Back home, there might be extended family networks and getting help in the house might be easier. At the same time, people in third world countries tend to die earlier and more suddenly. In the West, life expectancy is greater, but life can also be prolonged by modern medicine, which means there might be a greater need for long-term care solutions. And in the middle of all of this is the sandwich generation. That's people who are looking after the needs of young children, but also of their parents. It's a really difficult thing to manage. Episode 9 of the podcast features Medjabeen Ahmed, an independent researcher and award-winning advocate in the area of Muslim aged care based in Adelaide, Australia. She's authored a guidebook on Muslim aged care for service providers and delivers training to various organizations to help them understand and address the aged care needs of Muslims. I started talking to Medjubin about transnational care. That's the case where you're trying to provide care from a parent when you don't live in the same city as them. Actually, Medjubin and I share a very similar experience. My mother passed away close to 15 years ago. My father is now 80, and he's dealing with a health issue. I live away from him, but I'm lucky because my brother and my extended family are there to support him day to day. I try to be there when I'm able, but quite honestly, it doesn't feel like enough. Here's how Medjubin described her experience trying to support her father in Bangladesh after she moved to Australia. It was an anguish that I cannot forget. I had my family here, my husband and daughter, and I had my dad back home. And because after losing my mother, I was the primary caregiver for my father until I had to move overseas for family reasons, there was always this guilt within me that I wasn't being able to look after my father the way he would have if the situation was reversed. So what I tried to do was make the best of the situation. So I used to call my dad's nurses every day, once in the morning, once in the evening, to make sure that things were okay. And if the nurses ever said that, well, his condition is not looking good, I would just simply drop everything and rush home. And what that meant was I couldn't actually start my life here in Australia. I did not want to get a job because that would curtail my opportunities to go and see my dad at the drop of a hat. So basically through the regular phone calls and through these frequent visits, I was able to provide whatever care I could. Looking back, one of the most rewarding aspects of that transnational caregiving was the fact that I could provide my dad with spiritual care, even though I was far away. And that, till this day, is the most rewarding aspect of that caring, I think. When I was with my father last fall, I went with him to a few hospital visits. Bless the Canadian healthcare system, each time an aged care specialist came by to let us know about the type of support that was available to seniors, 
things like walkers, bath aids, nurses to make home visits. Thankfully, we didn't need the support, but for some Muslim families that do, accepting this type of help can be difficult because the system is not tailored to Muslim needs. Majibi noted that Muslims just haven't been vocal enough in terms of what type of support they require. So I asked Majibin what the system should consider in providing aged care services to Muslims. Specific care needs would obviously include the need for a halal diet, the need for prayer facilities, ablution facilities, the need for gender-specific care, respect for privacy, and of course the involvement of family members. But I think if you look at the broader issues, it is a question of respect and understanding for another's culture. From what I have seen is that there is lack of cultural safety among Muslims, particularly vulnerable Muslims who happen to find themselves in a largely secular or non-Muslim aged care environment. And I have already published an article on the importance of culture and safety for Muslim aged care. So I think the wider issue is one of cultural competency on the part of the service providers, an issue of understanding and respecting a culture which is different to the mainstream culture, a culture where the cultural expressions are largely religious expressions, a group of people who have to have their needs understood and addressed in the context of a religio-cultural framework. Because Muslims, they are a religious group. They are not an ethnic or a cultural group. Therefore, the needs that uh, have roots in their religion needs to be understood and respected and addressed. So Medjubin has done a lot of really good work in Australia building that cultural understanding. In particular, authoring a good document called Muslim Aged Care, which sets out a lot of these considerations for healthcare providers in a really accessible way. But actually, that's only one half of the battle. The other half of the battle is the stigma that Muslim families face in asking for help caring for their elderly parents. And part of that is because caring for elderly parents is considered a religious obligation. There are a variety of reasons why people may need help. The family networks aren't the same as back home, the medical system isn't the same, the living arrangements aren't the same, and the type of illnesses people have aren't really manageable on their own. And people put themselves in a lot of really harrowing situations by not reaching out for help when they need it. Mejimi told me that there is a way out of this quagmire. That's to make people understand that aged care does not necessarily mean nursing homes or residential care. There are a load of services out there that help elderly people stay in the family home, but provide support to the family to make things easier. But even getting Muslims to accept this kind of help can be a challenge. Here's what Mejubin had to say about the stigma issue. People tend to judge you. They don't know your story. But as a son or a daughter, when you start to even access information about aged care, you are very careful not to let other people know that you are even wanting to know about the aged care system, because that is seen as taking the first step towards sending your parents away. I think people should not judge others without knowing their story. The other thing is often children themselves, they equate being a good Muslim with insisting against all wisdom to continue to look after their parents in their home. 
What I have seen in many families is what that means is they can't, humanly, it's not possible for them to look after their parents 24-7 when the care needs are so high because they have their own family and their jobs and physically it is so exhausting. The other thing is parents often expect that I will only accept care if it comes from my children. We have to find out a way where we can accommodate the competing needs and the priorities. So I think if we can develop home care to the point where it is accessible and culturally appropriate for Muslims and involve and continue to involve family members, service providers must not be seen as taking over care. They should be just a partner helping the families to look after their loved ones. So if we can have that kind of an arrangement where families continue to be involved and provide hands-on care, I think a lot of the guilt and stigma and shame would be reduced. So the last thing that Medjubin and I discussed was Muslim residential care. And this is a really sensitive topic. A lot of Medjubin's work has been about developing solutions for families so that aged care can be provided in the home. But I do think people need to recognize that there are some instances where residential care has to be taken as a last resort and could actually even be the best option for everyone involved. You know, families might be struggling with the overwhelming burden of care. Elders sometimes face not only difficult health issues, but also isolation and neglect. And if it comes to a situation where reasonable care can no longer be provided in the home or for people who are truly alone, there needs to be somewhere where people can turn. Other ethnic communities, the Chinese community in Canada is one example, have developed excellent aged care facilities that provide culturally appropriate care. So I asked Mejibin about whether Muslims could develop their own nursing homes or residential care homes, or whether that's something that would be left to ethnic communities to develop. Here's what she had to say. In Australia, there is already such a Muslim aged care facility that caters to Muslims from all ethnic backgrounds. So personally, I do not want to see Muslim aged care facilities being set up along ethnic lines. I would rather have Muslims coming together with a common unified approach and tackling this challenge of setting up their own facility in a non-Muslim or a secular environment. But a lot of hard work needs to go into that. I think one of the barriers that I see is because the Muslim population is a youthful population, community organizations and community leaders do not prioritize Muslim aged care. So there is a low priority within the community. Then there is the aspect of geographical dispersion. We don't have that critical mass, therefore the issue of economies of scale comes up, but that's why it's not, I think, feasible to set up aged care along ethnic lines. Rather, if we have a Muslim aged care facility like the one we already have in Sydney, and it's operating, it's very successful, I think that should be a model that we can aspire towards. But in areas where there aren't enough Muslims, I think we can look at setting up a separate wing within a mainstream facility that would cater to the Muslim needs. These issues are really difficult, but I do think that communities need to get together, discuss without judgment, and try to find practical solutions. Talking about it is the first step. Of course, that's easier said than done. I'm flying out tomorrow to visit my father, 
and I'm debating whether I will tell him about this episode during or after my visit. I think it's going to be after. Thank you for listening to Muslim in Moderation. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and give it a rating. A new episode will be out monthly. For guest profiles, episodes and show notes, visit www.musliminmoderation.com.